You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. All right, today I want to talk about anger because that's what comes up in the Bible passage in James as we've been going through the first chapter of James. And it seems to me like there's a lot of angry people. And as I think about anger, I think there's no way we can fix everybody's anger issue or throw out some verses and fix all the anger or hurts that people have in a half an hour. But we can talk a bit about it and what God's Word says about it. And ask ourselves, if we're angry, why are we so angry? And some of us think that we're not angry, but then when some situation comes, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I guess I am angry. Like, I always like to give the example of driving on Highway 169. Everything's fine until somebody does something stupid to offend you, and then all of a sudden you're mad, and uh, if you, it's probably not right, but sometimes I'm like, man, if I had like rocket launchers on the front of my car, I would let them go right now for you. So, but I try to drive nice, especially since the back of my truck is identified with the I am second thing on the back is supposedly... A Christ follower, so I, I, try to, I try to be nice, and I try to live by that uh, great saying, always treat people better than they deserve. So when people are tailgating me and racing past me and stuff, I just try to, in my mind, think they're probably like a surgeon late to save someone's life. That is why they're driving like that, I'm sure of it. But then I laugh when they've done so much to be so aggressive driving, and then we get to like 169 and 41 and we're sitting right next to each other at the lights. It's like, so it did you good, didn't it? Didn't it? You did all that and we're still in the same place. So anger though. James talks about anger. So in um, James chapter 1, so quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So we are to be quick to listen. Now, if we looked in the context in the passage, uh, we had uh, recently seen that James warned us about the temptations that can pull us down, and the test that God sometimes sends our way to uh, test our faith and to help us grow in faith, and we shouldn't respond in anger to those things. And a matter of fact, one of the things that can trip you up, one of the things that can destroy your life the most is your unchecked anger. So you can lose your job, you can lose your position on the team or the, the club or whatever you're in, uh, you can get a bad reputation among your neighbors. Uh, you can do also. You can get sued. You can do all sorts of things that uh, can destroy your life by telling people what you actually think, or when you're upset by just letting out in a full, full-blown rage. And unfortunately, now we have the ability to like text things or twi- put things on Twitter or social networking or whatever, and just shoot those out there. Those little hate arrows and all those things that we can do. And uh, sometimes we think, oh, that was bad. I should delete that. And then we realize that some people already caught it and retweeted it. And it's not going away anytime soon or ever. Or it got caught on video. And now you're a YouTube sensation. You didn't mean to be, but your outburst of anger and the crazy thing or the ridiculous thing or the damaging thing that you did 
is now trending on YouTube and someone's making money off of your stupidity. So we need to be really careful to live according to God's Word. And James points that out. James, a brother of, half-brother of Jesus, points that out. There are so many areas where we can be angry. So we can't have anger against God because He didn't do what we wanted Him to do or He didn't fix that situation or He didn't, he didn't help this or we're in a situation in life we don't like and we blame God for it. We can be angry at God and we really need to grow in our faith and ask God for wisdom to understand why He's done what He's done. Uh, Romans 8.28 says that God works things out together for the good of those who love Him, called according to His purpose. That um, sometimes... God wants us in a certain place because He knows it's best for us. But some people are angry at God. And sometimes people will unleash that anger at God on you. You are a Christian. Uh, and they see you as representing God. All of a sudden, you've got someone with anger issues. And you're like, what's your problem? What's your deal? What did I ever do to you? And it's not what you did. It's what they feel that God did. They're going to take that out on you. Family. Family is a big issue. Um, when you were growing up, maybe something happened between your brothers or sisters or parents or something, and there's this unresolved anger. You know, you're, you're still mad that your older brothers chased you around with a knife and you still don't trust them, even though they thought it was funny and you need to find a way to forgive them. Uh, I know this happens for sure because we were in a church one time and like the perfect family ever, uh, at least they appeared to be the perfect family ever, younger brother, the younger, youngest brother and I would go for bike rides and he would spill the beans and tell me what life was really like in his family. So, it really made me feel better about just everything. So, not that I want to, you know, be happy in someone else's dysfunction, but I'm like, you are normal. Yay. So, but people can be, uh, feel misunderstood, unloved, criticized. There was a favorite. Anyway, people have issues, anger issues because of family. Sometimes it happens in the church. Sometimes you get people in the church and they're serving and they don't feel that they're recognized. They don't feel that they're cared for. They don't feel like people value them. Um, the church can be a place where people get angry. In the workplace, oh, that can happen all the time when somebody gets credit for your idea or they get a promotion that you should have gotten or uh, all these things can happen at work and you can get really angry at work. And I've gotten angry before at work where it was like on display and I was able actually to back my way out of it. Actually, it went down to the point where the guy is like, can you call yourself a Christian? And it's like, well, Christians aren't perfect, but we are forgiven. Sorry. So, and one of our delivery drivers, I remember one time, she had a temper tantrum. The family business was delivering stuff. And for the company I worked for, their big, their big, big part of their chunk of their business was the company I was working for using their service. And uh, so this girl came in and she got all mad and she had this big temper tantrum and she swore and she slammed the door on her way out. And so they canceled immediately. They canceled all the business with her family company. And that was the end of that because of her outbursts of anger. I'm sure it didn't work well for her family. Friends can be a source of anger when uh, we feel left out, when um, they disappoint us, when they criticize us. Uh, society is angry at everybody, you know, based on, on race or uh, where you live or your, uh, you know, what you drive, uh, all these things. People are just angry for all of these things. And there's different types of anger. So uh, indignation is a simmering anger provoked by something appearing to be unjust or unkind and often perceived as justified. Jesus became indignant when the disciples prevented parents from bringing their children to him so that he might touch and bless them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant 
He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these in Mark 10, 14. Then there's wrath, which is a burning anger accompanied by a desire to avenge. Wrath wrath often moves from the inner emotion of anger to the outer expression of anger. In Romans 1.18, God expresses his wrath as divine judgment on those who commit willful sin. Verse says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness in Romans 1.18. Then there's fury, a fiery anger, so fierce that it destroys common sense. The word fury suggests a powerful force compelled to harm or destroy. Some members of the Sanhedrin were so angry with Peter and the other apostles for proclaiming Jesus was God that they were furious and wanted to put them to death in Acts 5.33. This is why the Bible says anger is cruel and fury is overwhelming in Proverbs 27, 4. And then finally, there's rage. Rage is is a blazing anger resulting in loss of self-control, often to the extreme of violence and temporary insanity. After an outburst of rage, a cry of remorseful regret or disbelief is often expressed. I can't believe I did that. Yet those who continue to vent their rage toward others, including toward God, find themselves defeated by their own destruction, by their own destructive decisions and ruined relationships. A man's own folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord in Proverbs 19.3. So people are angry in so many different ways, and anger can destroy your life. I remember when I first got married, I used to get in arguments with my wife, and um, I would think, I'm going to do everything I can to win this argument, and then I soon realized that I could win the argument and totally lose everything else, and that made no sense. And fortunately, I worked with some older guys that were always giving me great advice about being married and what to do and what not to do. Not that I always listened, but being angry and doing everything you can to win the argument, uh, you, you can still lose the war. You can end up you know, proving your point, and then you can end up lonely or have people be mad at you. Proverbs 29.8 says, that wise men turn away from anger. So there's some people that I've known that don't seem very angry. They just take it all in. So something happens, and you know you think they'd be mad, but they, they just kind of blow it off. Uh, but it's, it's like a pressure cooker. As time goes on, if you get enough things stacked up, then they just blow, and they just do crazy, irrational, angry things, uh, that pressure cooker anger. And some people aren't angry, until something happens, and then their short fuse goes off, and then they're instantly irritated. Sometimes it's because of a hurt they have. Sometimes they don't get enough sleep. Sometimes they're stressed in life. Uh, Sometimes it's a result of medication they're on. But sometimes you'd least expect this person to blow up and get angry, but they do. And then there's other people that go around, and they're just angry. Uh, They're the people that are always looking for a fight, always looking to try to uh, get a vengeful try to get uh, their, their vengeance on people. The Bible actually says that God says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So we should do everything we can to do what this verse, this passage says. Number one, um, to live wisely by being quick to listen. To be quick to listen. <clears throat> the word quick or swift uh, comes from takus, takus. Uh, the word from which we get our word tachometer. The Greek word means speedy or prompt. It's the idea of being an anxious learner. So here we need to be quick to listen, quick to understand, quick to hear what the person is saying. Sometimes one of our problems, or 
sometimes maybe my problem, is that as somebody's speaking, sometimes I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. You know, it's like we're playing ping pong or tennis, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to return that serve as fast as I can. So uh, sometimes that doesn't always work out well. So as I get older, I try to get wiser and try to listen to what the person is saying and try to figure out what else is going on in their life that can cause them to say these things, to be that way. Sometimes in the Christian life, they just haven't reached a level of maturity that they would know better uh, than to think that thing or say that thing or do that thing or talk that way. Uh, But to be quick to listen, to try to understand what they're saying, what they're trying to communicate, and then what else is going on there. Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. So we want to truly understand what they're saying. We want to truly understand and hear them, and we want them to know that we're hearing them, that we are listening to what they have to say. It doesn't always mean that we agree, but we want them to know that we're listening, we're hearing, we're trying to understand. And then, so it says, be quick to listen, and then slow to speak. So sometimes we talk too much, sometimes we talk too fast, but talking too fast I don't think is what the verse is talking about. I think it's saying things that um, aren't wise, saying things that don't address the issue. Sometimes we say too much. Sometimes things don't even need to be said. Sometimes people just want you to listen. So that's actually a difference sometimes between a man and woman too, is that sometimes the woman doesn't want you to give your opinion. She just wants you to listen and to understand where she's coming from. So I'm still trying to learn that. But slow to speak. Slow to speak, to understand what they're saying. Proverbs 29.20 says, Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. We need to think before we speak. We need to uh, ponder what's being said or what the issue is or how we can respond or how we can share or give guidance. or, Or Sometimes it's a fair thing to say, you know, that is really interesting. That's a great question you have. Can you give me some time to think about my answer before I, you know, I, I've got some great ideas, but can I pray about it or think about it before I, I, before I give any answer or advice on that? And that can be a fair thing to do. So to be slow to speak. And then to be slow to become angry. So the Bible doesn't say that you should never become angry, but angry is an emotion that God has given us. It's like the check engine light or a light on your dashboard that says something is wrong. Something's going on here. Something is wrong. And you should be slow to act on your anger. Sometimes when you're angry and you don't unleash your angry words, sometimes that just helps everything, uh, makes it better. Uh, I've written a lot of uh, what emails and comments on posts and all sorts of things that I've written that uh, after I've written them, then I delete them and I never send them. But I sure wanted to at the time, but then afterwards I'm glad that I didn't. I'm glad that I didn't share what I really thought at that moment because that wasn't probably a good thing. But there are things that we should get angry about. There are things that we should get angry about, like injustice. When New York said, hey, let's abort all the full-term babies, that made me pretty angry. When I just read... The other day of Somalian gangs in uh, Minnesota sex trafficking young children, girls in Minnesota and Tennessee and all around, that made me angry. 
anything that we can do to help make the world a better place and pursue righteousness, if anger can be a motivation to get things done in a righteous way, that can be a good thing. Jesus actually got angry quite a few times, but he uh, did it without sin. There wasn't anything that was sinful about Jesus' anger. When Jesus got angry, in Matthew 21, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Another part of that was that uh, he chased them off with a whip. But he was angry in a righteous way, and we should be angry in a righteous way. Another occasion, Jesus asked the religious leaders if it was okay to heal a person on the Sabbath day when they would not answer. We are told he looked around at them with anger in Mark 3, 5, before healing a man. His anger centered on the attitudes of religious leaders who claimed to know the law, yet cared more about themselves than whether a person was healed. So anger, a godly anger, an anger that reflects the anger of Christ requires two aspects. First, it must be properly motivated. In other words, anger because you do not get your way in a situation does not count. Religious hypocrisy or injustice of poverty or oppression are proper godly reasons to become angry. So Jesus became angry. So, but he wasn't known as an angry person. So it's tough to say you're a Christ follower and be an angry person. To be like a Pharisee and go out there and everybody you meet, you can lay out a list of everything that's wrong with them. You know, oh, well, you're sinning this way and that way and this isn't right. And, you know, no one's going to want to connect with you that way. But if you have grace and you share Christ and allow God to work on them in the process and to help them to um, grow in Christ and to mature in Christ, our society is just angry. And maybe it's because of all the violent things that we see on TV and in movies and in video games and all these things are constantly played out before us, played out uh, visually, it can easily get in our minds. Uh, in his book, Jeffrey Froh writes that an American child who watches three hours of children's television programming a day will see 4,380 good acts in a year but 15,330 acts of violence in that same time. Strong evidence from research indicates that abundant exposure to violent programming and video games is linked to aggressive attitudes, values, and behaviors. In a broad review of more than 100 studies involving over 130,000 male and female participants from around the world, researchers found that violent video games increase aggressive thoughts, angry feelings, bodily arousal like heart rate, blood pressure, and aggressive behavior, and that they decrease empathy for others and helping behavior. On the other hand, exposure to pro-social content is linked to good deeds and kindness towards others. So that's what's true for kids is true for adults. You're watching all sorts of things where people are getting all angry and doing all sorts of things, acting on their anger, and then you think, hey, I'm going to do that too. It's not going to work well for you. Matter of fact, I was telling the kids a while back, I'm like, you see this stuff that's, that we're watching here on the Disney Channel? You know, it's funny, right? I'm like, if you did that in a public school, they would probably have the police come in and your parents would be called and you'd be going to court for assault and all these things that they're doing here. That doesn't really work that way. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. In Canada... There's an amusement facility that created a rage room. Guests can relieve their stress by smashing things. 
Thunderdome Amusements in Calgary provides golf clubs, sledgehammers, pipes, and baseball bats to guests so they can release their frustrations by breaking office equipment and other items. You go in and get to smash stuff, says the director. We provide full-blown protective gear. You wear a face mask, chest protector, coveralls, gloves. You must have clothes, toe shoes. In addition to providing stress relief and anger management, spending time in the rage room can also help promote a healthy lifestyle, he said. You're in the room for 45 minutes smashing all these items. You come out of the room, you'll be sweating, and you'll feel better. Guests are also welcome to bring their own items. A lot of people with desk jobs are excited to smash printers. Packages begin at about $20 per person. But the Bible says only a fool gives full vent to his rage. So to punch a wall, to uh, hit your pillow, to uh, go into your rage room and beat on stuff might make you more likely than to beat on a person or to let that rage loose when you shouldn't. So you should control your anger. doesn't necessarily mean that you should give full vent to it, according to Proverbs 29.11. And since God wrote it, I believe it. He's given us the owner's manual for our life. So when it comes to anger, don't be like this guy that got caught up in a misunderstanding. right now, but maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just kidding, leave a message. Taylor, hey, it's me, Trevor. I'm outside the concert, wondering where you're at. I think I'm in the right spot, and I think it's already started, and I was... Hello? Hello? Can't get on the phone right now, but maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just kidding, leave a message. Hey, your voicemail cut me off. So what I was saying was I'm outside... right now, but maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just give me a message. Okay, I'll talk faster for whatever reason. Can't get on the phone right now, but maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just give me a message. Funniest thing, he keeps cutting me off. Ah! I'll talk really, really fast because for whatever reason, your little voicemail message thingy keeps cutting me off. Maybe it's because you have a cheap phone. Yeah, I said it. Hey, look, look, I see the writing on the wall. I am here, you invited me, and I'm standing out here like some dork waiting for you, huh? I got stood up by a buddy. What is that about? This is so you. This is so high school all over again. You get some more important friends, and me, I'm left like some chump. You have bad breath. Has anyone in your life ever told you that? It stinks, and you will not have me. Mr. Trevor to kick around anymore. Do you hear me? No more. Bro! Mailbox is full. Full of that. Hey, hey, I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, I tried to call you, but my phone's jacked up. Anyway, the reason I'm late is I ran into this guy who was selling his tickets. You're going to love this, okay? Get this. Box seats, all-you-can-eat food, the best seats in the house, and the best part? My treat. I mean, think about it. You're my best buddy, right? I mean, what better way to say thank you than these? Hang on, I was expecting a call. Just take just take a minute. Oh, it's a message from you. And another one. And another one.
That's funny, but I bet that all of you have done something like that in your life where you've said all sorts of things that you shouldn't have said, all sorts of things that you didn't mean, all sorts of things that were a total misunderstanding, and you had to work really hard to get yourself out of that hole. So um, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. So James has a lot more to say about that, and I'll just continue uh, when we continue in James in the future. But if you are really angry at God, maybe you need to get counseling and some godly help in that. So if you are an angry person, you need to recognize that unchecked anger is a sin and to confess that as sin, to go before the Lord and say, I am angry, and then list some of those reasons why. Receive God's grace and release your anger. Ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit and help you to get over the anger. Uh, Sometimes it's for somebody that you can call and say, you know, I'd like to talk to you about such and such, and you know, you can find or try to find some kind of uh, reconciliation. Sometimes the person is already, like your parents or grandparents have already died. You can still work through that even though they aren't there. So there's a bunch of great quotes about anger. Anger, a couple of my favorite ones are, unspoken anger is never regretted, which is so true. People who fly into a rage always make a bad landing. Some Christians are like balloons, full of wind and ready to blow up. And my favorite one is, hating people is like burning the house to kill the spiders, which I've actually heard people talk about. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you give us your word, and we need to apply that. The next part of this passage talks about uh, applying the word to our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to keep a tight rein on our tongue, to walk in faith and not to treat people the way they deserve, but better than they deserve, to realize that some people are just carrying a lot of anger and that just spills out on other people like us. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be peacemakers, that when we've been wrong, that we would trust you for uh, vengeance or wrath or repayment or, or whatever, that we wouldn't take that into our own hands, but we would trust you for that. And when there is a time to be righteously angry, to step up and to make change and to stop sin or stop something or start something, that you would help us come together with other people and make those things happen to change the world the way that you want it to be, that we can be tools in your process. So Lord, we pray that you would help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Big Sandy Camp is a camp we support. There's many other great camps around, including uh, the camp that Joe and Mandy are at down in Iowa. But Big Sandy Camp is a great camp. I'm going to show you a one and a half minute promo for it. And if you have a kid, send him to camp. I know it's $360, and that is a lot for the week. But if you have extra money and you want to help fund a kid to go to camp, you can do that. It costs, I think it's $25 for the bus ride there, $50 round trip. As a parent, you're not allowed to give your kid a one-way trip to camp without any way to bring him back, unless he's planning or she's planning on being a worker there. But it's a great camp. I know it's a lot of money, but it's a great investment. Uh, one reason that I came to Christ is because of Camp Idrahaji in Bailey, Colorado, and uh, I was the camp counselor's nightmare, but uh, eventually Christ got a hold of my heart. So camp is huge. Watch this promo, and this is what they do at Big Sandy Camp. Big Sandy Camp is going to be a blast in 2019. Camp is all about having a safe, fun place to meet with Jesus. With Knockerball, a giant zipline, the monster water slide, and more, camp is going to rock this year. 
BSC is committed to making camp easy for parents. There's no lines during registration, and this year, camp starts Sunday afternoons at 3 p.m. and ends Friday after lunch at 12.45. Camp offers three locations for pickup and drop-off if you can't make the drive to camp. Check our website for more details. Campers at Big Sandy Camp are safe because all of our staff have had background checks conducted on them and go through Ministry Safe, an abuse prevention detection training system. Camp can be life-changing. Each year, campers have powerful, life-changing moments at camp when they draw closer to the Lord. We can't wait for summer 2019 and hope you'll join the experience at Big Sandy Camp. All right, another reason that Big Sandy Camp is a safe place is because the camp director, Dave Toth, used to be a sheriff, like literal police. So it's a safe place, I guarantee you. Dan? Well, Dave, the camp brochure on the back table. Back. I could get some people to come and take our morning offering this morning. I've shared before uh, that uh, I didn't always know and always wasn't faithful in giving, and God has worked in my life over the many years. And one of the things I've found that is if I don't plan to give, I won't give. And in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul is talking to the Corinthians about a time when he's going to take a special offering to take back to Jerusalem. And he says this, uh, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. And, and the idea of planning, setting aside money at the start, is a good idea because in, in all of life, when we don't plan, when we start doing reactive type of stuff, we rarely accomplish what we uh, set out to do. But as we plan, God can take the plans that we have. He can show us how he's going to provide for us through that. And so as, he, as we give, we get to see God work. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that as we give, and this has been a generous church for so many years, Lord, that you would take what we give and you would change the world, that you would change eternities with people, Lord, and that you would show us just how generous you are. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church, 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.